0: President Trump has yet to authorize the NSA to go after Russian election hackers at the source. And 23,000 digital certificates get revoked after their private keys get leaked. These stories and more coming up on the ISMG Security Report. Hello, I'm Matthew Schwartz.
1: Is Russia attempting to achieve a strategic objective by influencing US public opinion on elections? Yes, sir. I believe they're attempting to undermine our institutions.
0: That's Democratic Senator Jack Reed of Rhode Island asking Admiral Mike Rogers, director of the NSA and chief of U.S. Cyber Command, for his assessment of the threat that Russia poses to U.S. electoral integrity. Testifying before the Senate Armed Services Committee on Tuesday, Rogers repeated warnings sounded by himself and other national security chiefs in a briefing earlier this month that Russia's attempted election interference had not diminished. Rogers says that if NSA were tasked with confronting Russian election meddling at the source, it would take an order from President Trump to do so. Here's Reid, again, questioning Rogers.
1: Have you been directed to do so, given the strategic threat that faces the United States and the significant consequences you recognize already? No, I have not, but if I could flesh this out, I'll I'll say something in an open, unclassified. I'd be glad to go into more details in a classified. Um, Based on the authority that I have as a commander, I have directed the National Mission Force to begin some specific work. I'd rather not publicly go into that using the authorities that I retain as a commander in this mission space. So that's the inherent ability of a commander to prepare, plan, and structure, but you need the authority. You need a direct authority of the president through the secretary of defense. To do some authority. specific things. Some there, specific authority. or some things I have the authority and I am acting within that authority right. now. It's not clear what types
0: of operations Rogers may have authorized or begun laying the groundwork for. But the NSA does have offensive hacking teams designed to infiltrate and eavesdrop on adversaries' networks. Democratic Senator Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts asked Rogers if Russia is likely to stop its information warfare activities against the United States if more isn't done.
1: My concern is, I believe that President Putin has clearly come to the conclusion there's little price to play here. Bingo. And that therefore I can continue this activity. Yes, Um, Everything, both as a director of NSA and what I see on the Cyber Command side, leads me to believe that if we don't change the dynamic here, this is going to continue. And 2016 won't be viewed as something isolated. This is something will be sustained over time. So I think the challenge for all of us is, so what are the tools available to us? And as the strategy says, diplomatic, economic, some cyber things... There, there are tools available to us. And again, I think in fairness, you can't say nothing's been done. But my point would be it hasn't been enough. It hasn't been enough. Clearly what we've done hasn't been enough.
0: The White House, meanwhile, has faced persistent questions over why it isn't doing more to counter Russian efforts, including taking the gloves off the NSA. On Tuesday, White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders pushed back against Roger's statement that the president had not authorized the NSA to respond directly.
2: Uh, Nobody is denying him the authority. We're looking at a number of different ways that we can put pressure. Look, this president, as I told you last week, has been much tougher on Russia than his predecessor. Let's not forget that this happened under Obama. It didn't happen under President Trump. If you want to blame somebody on past problems, then you need to look at the Obama administration. The president is looking at all of the different causes and all of the different ways that we can prevent it. And as we find different ways that we can do that, we're implementing them, like you see with the money that was out allocated by the, from the State Department. As you see with the conversations that the secretary from the DHS is having, we're going to continue looking at different ways to combat it. And I would imagine that that will be certainly a big part of it. Um, but I can't speak to anything further on it right now.
0: Sanders says the State Department has received $40 million to begin funding public and private efforts to counter Chinese and Russian propaganda. In addition, DHS has started meeting with state election officials to discuss election security. Here's Sanders.
2: Last week, uh, Department of Homeland Security Secretary Kirsten Nelson met with a number of uh, both state, local and federal officials working on uh, ways that we can best prevent things like this in the future. And we're looking at a number of different options and we're going to continue doing that over the coming weeks.
0: But some state election officials told Reuters the classified briefings they've received have been unhelpful. In addition, more than one year after the U.S. intelligence community warned that Russia had attempted to interfere in the 2016 U.S. elections, reporters have been asking the White House why the Trump administration has yet to respond quickly and forcefully.
2: I can't speak to that specifically. I can tell you that we are taking a number of steps to prevent this, and we're looking at a variety of other ways that we're going to continue to implement over the coming weeks and months.
3: You're listening
1: to the ISMG Security Report on ISMG Radio. ISMG,
3: your number one source for information security news.
0: Next up, ISMG Managing Editor Jeremy Kirk reports on a blame game that centers on the recent leak of 23,000 private keys.
3: Digital certificate vendor Trustico is sparring with DigiCert following a serious security incident. Private keys for at least 20,000 digital certificates have been compromised, prompting a scramble to protect the affected websites. Trustico isn't saying how the 23,000 certificates may have been compromised, but the implication for websites using the certificates is clear. If the private key for the digital certificates has been exposed, it means an attacker could perform a man-in-the-middle attack. Digicert is in the process of revoking the certificates and has terminated its relationship with Trustico. Australian security expert Troy Hunt says the situation doesn't look good for Trustico.
4: I wonder what it will mean, for, again, for Trustico, though, because the entire premise of, of anyone selling certs is trust.
3: To get into the conflict requires a bit of history, and as with anything involving digital certificate vendors, it's a tortured one. Last year, Symantec sold its certificate business to DigiCert following a conflict with Google. Google alleged Symantec didn't properly control its issuing infrastructure, leading to rogue certificates. As a result, Google has a phased plan underway for its Chrome browser to distrust all semantic certificates by October. Trustico sold semantic branded certificates. The company needed DigiCert's cooperation because the company now holds Semantic's root certificates, which are needed for revocation. The certificates in question were issued under various brands that came from Semantic's acquisitions over the years, including Thought, GeoTrust, and RapidSSL. DigiCert alleges it asked Trustico for proof that the certificates were compromised, which it did not provide. Under the assumption that the certificates were already compromised, DigiCert asked Trustico to email the private keys, which it did. By virtue of emailing the private keys, the certificates should be considered compromised. DigiCert then notified the holders of those certificates, which is required under the CA Browser Forum Baseline Requirements. The emailing of the private keys was unorthodox, but it didn't matter. Around 20,000 of the keys so far have been confirmed, compromised, and in use. But after Digicert notified holders of the affected certificates, Trustico accused the company of hijacking the notification process. Trustico further disputes that the keys were compromised. Given the confusion over whether the keys had been compromised or not, Digicert says it decided to revoke the keys because they'd been sent over email. It's unclear how the private keys were compromised. Trustico has indicated that the blame for the situation lies with the long-running trust issues around Semantic, but DigiCert says it rejects Trustico's intimation that its request to revoke the certificates is related to Google's plan to distrust all of Semantic certificates. So what should administrators do? It's probably a good idea to replace any Trustico digital certificates as quickly as possible. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Jeremy Kirk.
0: What happens if, despite an organization's best efforts, attackers nevertheless manage to penetrate an enterprise network? Deception technologies are designed to help. Simply put, this range of technologies, as defined by Gartner, refers to using deceits, decoys, and or tricks designed to thwart or throw off an attacker's cognitive processes, disrupt an attacker's automation tools, delay the attacker's activities, or detect an attack. What is deception technology? Well, various types of technology exist to help organizations put these types of capabilities into place. Some options are very inexpensive, but Gartner says that a full deception technology implementation will span multiple layers, including endpoints, networks, applications, and data. What's key to deceiving attackers is that whatever is meant to deceive should probably look like it's real. Here's Anton Javakian, Research Vice President at Gartner.
4: Believability of deception is kind of a big deal, and if you rely on human experts to build believable deceptions, then the technology would only be used by the true elites, by the top, you know, 0.1 percent, and not by the mainstream organizations. So the vendors of deception tech do use machine learning to essentially absorb the environment, figure out your naming schemes, your users, your uh, your production assets, so that they can then cook the fake assets. Fake connections, fake IP addresses, fake names, fake whatever else to mimic the real environment.
0: Chivakian says deception technology is cool and advances have been made that make it more effective.
4: But at the same time, it remains a bit of a niche. It, it isn't something that's going to be adopted at the same scale as, say, antivirus and firewalls or even log analysis and SIM. I would say deception remains a niche, but it's a growing niche with a lot of very avid fans of using this approach.
0: Chevakian says detecting attackers inside a network, especially when they attempt to move laterally, is one good use case.
4: Now, the reason deception shines for detecting lateral is that the attacker who just showed up and just broke into your environment, he's kind of new there, of course, well, he just broke in, and he doesn't know how things are around him. So he may be attempting to find the juicy targets or perhaps find the next hop. And this is where the attacker, well, I would say, the attacker is more vulnerable to the deception because if he sees that many machines often connect to system X, he would say, hey, that should probably go explore X. But what if the connectivity records are fake and they're injected there by a deception tool? You can actually give this attacker a bunch of hints that you he should, hey, you should go explore these machines. And he goes there and of course he's detected because nobody legitimate should follow that trail. The trail was planted for the attacker. So this is why de- deception is kind of an effective and fairly fairly reliable way to detect
0: lateral. So will deception technology continue to take off? Javakian says that while the technology is cool, it's no silver bullet and shouldn't be relied on to stop advanced attackers who may see the deceptions for what they are.
4: For deception, if you spread those little breadcrumbs, as the vendors say, and somebody picks on them and then follows the lead to a machine, typically to a decoy, that's an attacker. So deception gives us a very crisp signal with almost no noise, well, with low noise, let me be honest here, for detecting lateral movement by an attacker, and that's where it shines.
0: Finally, Deception Tech is just one tool in an organization's information security arsenal.
4: It's for somebody who has a solid threat intelligence operation and who really understands his threats, down to the details. So I would say on the lower end, you can deploy Deception Tech as an easy low noise detection, but at the higher end, where you want to engage with an attacker, you have a long, long list of prerequisites that I wouldn't really list here because they involve having a SOC, having a threat and tell team, having a solid incident response program, and many other large enterprise security capabilities.
0: That's the ISMG Security Report. Our theme is by Ithaca Audio. I'm Matthew Schwartz. Catch you next time.